Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. And as per usual, I got two disclaimers for you. Disclaimer number one is this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero actual, actionable financial advice. Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero educational content. Once again, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Disclaimer number two is this podcast is extremely not safe for work, so please consider yourself warned. All right. So last week I posted a question thread on the CFA subreddit of Reddit. And this is what we got. Oh, and for those that don't know, the level one exam, the December uh, level one exam is December 2nd. I'm recording this on the 26th of November. So they got less than a week. So, all right. Andre 107, level one candidate. Good luck, Andre 107. Uh, Number one, thank you for all the resources you provided on the subreddit so far. They're all awesome slash have helped me tremendously. You are welcome, Andre107. For those of you who don't know, you can go to my blog, hansenasset.blogspot.com. I only have four posts as of now. One of them is a CFA tip collection. That's where you're going to find all these quote-unquote awesome, tremendously helpful resources that uh, Andre107 is so kind to thank me for. And uh, number two, he asked... What was your plan for the last week of studying for the level? What was your plan for the last week of studying before the level one exam? Also, what were your CFA mock scores? Let me answer that second question first. Uh, they were all in the seventies. Um, if you can get your mock scores in the seventies, you're going to have a great time on the exam. Uh, for the C, and this is just my experience. For the level one exam, I never had a mock where I got. Uh, where I didn't like get at least under a 70 on like three sections, I think it was. On the real thing, I got above 70 on all the sections. So just from my experience, I thought the real thing was easier. So if you're getting in the 70s and your mocks, you're sitting pretty. If you're getting in the 60s, um, I wouldn't be panicking. You should still feel pretty comfortable about your chances. If you're getting below that, then of course you're going to need uh, some work. And if you're getting in the 80s, then holy shit, you're phenomenal. So... Uh, what was your plan for the last week of studying for the level one exam? Okay. So I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. So the day of the exam, you want to have all your shit in a row, right? You just want to wake up that morning, uh, fucking take a shower, grab all your shit and head out the door. You want to have nothing to worry about other than the exam. So what that means is, uh, the night before Friday night, you want to have all your shit packed. You want to have a checklist, everything you could possibly need, uh, you know, extra battery, extra calculator, pencils, erasers, uh, earplugs, like a sweater in case it's cold, like whatever. Uh, your lunch, your dinner, your uh, your breakfast, you know, have it all packed. You want to have everything you want prepared and ready to go. Oh, and of course, uh, your most important shit, like your ID, meaning your passport and your uh, the little printout shit. You want to have all that in a row so you have nothing to worry about. Another thing I would do is call up a friend or family member, and just every year I do this. I call up my friend, and I'm like, hey, dude, if I wake up and I have car trouble, can I depend on you for a ride into the city? He's like, yeah, you know, if that happens, I'll have my phone on. I'll be, I'll be ready for it. I haven't had to use them yet, thankfully, but it could happen to you. One dude on the forum, I think it was Justin something or other, he actually had his car stolen the night of the exam. So it can happen. Your car could not start. It could get stolen, for Christ's sake. So have... Have that kind of exit strategy. Have that backup plan in place. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Friday. The Friday, you're not really going to be doing a lot of hardcore studying. Before a marathon, you don't want to run a marathon, right? So review your notes. Uh, review your flashcards. I like to have two sets of notes printed out. One to read before the AM. Then I can just chuck those in the trash and walk into the AM like a boss. 
and then come back, eat my lunch out of my car and have a second set of notes waiting for me there. And I can, I can be cramming those right before the PM. And then again, just chuck those in the, in the trash right before the doors and walk in and kill the PM. Um, but yeah, have all your ducks in a row. Don't do, don't do a lot of heavy lifting on Friday. Now the week leading up to it. So if you're listening to this on a Sunday or the Monday before, um, highly recommend doing a dry run, meaning actually drive to the testing center, uh, figure out, is there construction? You know, are there exits that are kind of tricky? Is the parking kind of weird? Is it kind of hard to find a room? Like figure out all that shit. When I did a dry run for level one, I missed my first exit. Um, you know, parking was kind of funky. I had a hard time finding the room, all that stuff, but it didn't matter. Cause I had all the time in the world. It was just a dry run. If that all happened on test day, that would have just been more anxiety to what's already a very anxious situation. So I definitely recommend doing a dry run. And then during the week, um, you want to get at least one mock in under test conditions, meaning wake up, do the AM timed in three hours, take a break, you know, take your hour lunch or whatever, and then come back and do the PM in three hours. And then I typically review it the next day because after that, you're probably spent, right? After six hours of taking a test, you're, you're probably not in a good position to be reviewing. So put off the review until the next day. And what that does is it trains your brain how to handle six hours of test taking, which, you know, if you're not used to taking six hour tests, which presumably you're not, it's good to get in at least one as a practice. And you can kind of see how you handle it. Like I remember for CFA level two, I took a, I did that. And during the AM, I kind of panicked a bit and I had to, I had to, you know, I did really poorly and I had to kind of regroup and come back and I came back really strong for the PM, but not strong enough because I had bombed uh, the AM. So that was my worst score of all my mocks. Now, thankfully that was just a mock. Okay. So the real thing, you know, that thankfully that didn't happen, but if it did happen, I already had experience uh, pulling myself together and, you know, muscling through and coming back strong anyway. So yeah, just, you know, do a, uh, do a, a dry run to the place. Make sure you do at least one mock under test conditions. Uh, take the week off, you know, load up, you know, do mocks. They don't have to all be under test conditions, but, you know, definitely, you know, do mocks the week of the exam. And like I said, the Friday you want to keep easy. So Saturday morning is wake up and focus on the exam. All right, let's uh, move on to the next question. Thank you very much, Andre107. Okay, so Prospective Analyst 95, uh, past level one, congratulations. Prospective Analyst 95 says, what's the real difference between level one and level two? Yes, I get it. The concepts have to get more in depth, but is it generally holy fucking shit harder, or is it more that pe- is it more that people taking level one often don't focus on building a base of knowledge to expand on, and forget everything they learn trying to apply the drill questions approach? Is the system not effectively designed to make sure you progress to harder levels, but are, pre- but are prepared each time? Okay, I would say a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So level two is much harder. So I came into level two having, you know, having a bachelor's in business and having already kind of studied the field a little bit on my own. And so a lot of level one review. I've been told level one is basically uh, like a finance degree in a box, right? Like if it's a repeat of a lot of that material. Level two, there is no direct comparable. It isn't comparable to a master's in finance or an MBA or anything like that. It's its own monster. So some of the material was familiar to me, like uh, in economics and in quantitative methods and uh, equity valuation for sure, and you know ethics and things. But a lot of it was entirely new to me. Um, so that was that was a big thing for me. And also on level one, 
um, they're going to, you know, there might be like a three-step process and they'll only ask you about like the first step. You know what I mean? Whereas on level two, the questions are a lot harder. Uh, so one person from the forum, I think it was, it was Biyuku, m- mentioned that level one, he trained for a marathon. It was only like a 5K. Whereas a level two, you train for a marathon and it's actually a fucking marathon. And so, yeah, don't underestimate it. That's all I can tell you. As, um, yeah, there's definitely a big jump in difficulty. Um, your, your question is valid. Is it just because people are using improper study methods and just kind of doing the, um, the drill questions approach? And that could definitely be part of it. That could definitely be part of it for me. Um, but having, uh, that's just my experience. I would say it's a lot harder. And that, that's, that's pretty genuine. And pretty much everyone says it's a lot harder. I've, I've had to find one person that thinks it wasn't a lot harder. And level one was hard. I mean, uh, studying for it was. The actual exam was easier than the mocks, but like the material was difficult. Uh, Misi Lover, that's a Rick and Morty reference if you've never... Oh, so thank you, Perspective Analyst 95. Uh, next up, uh, Misi Lover, that's a Rick and Morty reference if you've never seen Rick and Morty. I highly recommend it. It is like... What is it like? It's like the Simpsons meets... It's like the Simpsons on acid, basically. It's like science fiction Simpsons on acid. All right. He says, what kind of content is going to be included in the podcast? So I basically have three different types of episodes I do. I have this type, which is answering questions uh, from the CFA subreddit. I have um, the type where, you know, a friend or someone will recommend I look at a stock and I kind of, I analyze it. I call those episodes half-assed analysis. And the third type is there's different CFA Institute events I go to in the city and I'll do a podcast about it. It can be about a stock or it could be about a book for the book club. It just kind of depends. But those are the three episodes. Pardon me. Those are the three types of episodes. Uh, What is your current career slash aspirations? So, uh, yeah, I just have have my own portfolio that I manage. I've done very well. I got it right here. So uh, I started. The inception date is like May 2012, I want to say. Uh, 18.96% per year versus the S&P 500's 15.89% per year. So that's a pretty good alpha. But keep in mind, um, you're talking about it's a bull market. So having a concentrated portfolio in a bull market, uh, you know, it can swing up. Then in a bear market, it can swing down. Also, I've had fucking Apple in my portfolio. So, I mean, you know, any concentrated position in Apple is going to give you alpha. So we'll see how long uh, that can last. And uh, as for aspirations, oh, and then I have a, I have a, I have a side job, ideal uh, poker, um, which is, it's always been kind of a, I just started, and it's always been kind of a thing I've wanted to do ever since I was little, well, not little, uh, like 20, <laughs> that's a little for me. Ever since I was a youngin, just a baby, 20 years old, I wanted to deal poker and now I'm doing it and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but as, as for aspirations, uh, so right now I just manage my own money. I would love to manage other people's money someday. But before doing that, I want to work for someone who already does that. Really more of a mon situation. I really don't want to work on Wall Street. Um, that would make my skin crawl. But yeah, like a smaller operation, I'd love to go work for. Let's see. Uh, how many hours would you say you hit for both uh, level one and level two? <sighs> Sorry for that. That was probably really loud in your ear. Um, I don't know. I never kept track. I know I start in August. Um, I never really kept track of the hours. I, I start off about an hour a day, six days a week, and then in January, ramp it up to like two, and then down the home stretch, it gets up to three, and then like five and six, just as it really gets closer. So I've never really counted. 
um, between three and 400, maybe, maybe over 400. I really don't know. I don't really keep track, but thank you. Me lover. Let's see up next SD five, one, five, one. What do we know about the MPS? Which topics can make or break your attempt? Uh, so MPS stands for, um, minimal passing score. Um, it, it varies from year to year. It's usually in the sixties and it's never released officially, but you have people that gather data from other candidates and they're kind of able to zero in on a zone using a methodology that I'm not going to explain right now, but it, it is, it's a solid methodology. It, it makes sense. And so, yeah, they get a, they get a range and that's a true range. And the range I think is usually always in the sixties or at least centered in the sixties. It just kind of depends. It changes from year to year. And of course it changes from the sample size of who they ask, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, if you're mocking in the seventies, I'd feel comfortable. If you're mocking in the sixties, I wouldn't give up hope. If you're mocking below that, um, you need to ramp it up. Let's see. Uh, thank you for the question. SD five, one, five, one. Uh, I'm just going down the list. Uh, let's see. There's only a few more. Uh, Lean Apple asks, if I'm a finance and accounting major with a 4.0 at a top school, do you think it still takes around 300 hours to be able to pass level one? Or do you think the prior finance and accounting coursework will cut the time down? Planning on taking December of my senior year. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, you would definitely, yeah, you're probably going to get away with less than 300. But I, w- I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't do like 50 or 100 or something. Um, one thing you might want to do is, you know, find some of the material, take a topic test, take a mock exam, and see if it kicks your ass. Because you might be, I'm not saying you are, but you might be overconfident. And you don't want to be overconfident. So kind of see where you're at and do a mock. And like, if you if you do great on it, awesome. And if you do shitty on it, well, awesome. Now you know where you're at. So either way. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're probably going to get away with doing less time. But one thing I will uh, warn you is, you know, like, don't think that, oh, if I save 50 hours, you're being so much more efficient because those, like that time spent is only going to help you for the next level, you know? And so you're much better off being safe and sorry as far as, as far as how much time you spend. But in any case, you should be fine. All right. Next question is from Chillax J, level one candidate. Good luck, Chillax J. How hard is level one? I believe 300 hours prepare time is impossible to me. I think it's. F- I think I don't have enough time now. I didn't even finish review by now. OMG. Yeah, you're probably fucked, dude. Um, and people are, are helping you out in the thing. And I think you just kind of admit that you're fucked and you're going to give up and stuff. But. All right. Yeah, it's not for everyone, man. You're crying so hard now. Oh, don't be a pussy. Jesus Christ. You, you made this bed line it. All right, Houston2NYC asks, do you have to be employed to sit for the level one? Nope, I can speak from personal experience. I have a finance degree, two years work experience, and I'm graduating from an MBA in May. Congratulations, Houston. Would I be able to sit? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, you can sit if you don't have a job. All right, thank you for the question, Houston. Uh, Let's see, sports and investing, level one candidate, someone has their priorities in order, asks, how did you begin studying for level one? I am about to start studying for the first time for the June 2018 uh, test. Did you read through the material from start and highlight slash take notes? Did you go in order? Right now I'm looking to begin studying, but don't know where to begin. Thanks for the help. I did go in order and I repeated it several times. I did the Schwazer notes. I did the CFA, the official CFA material. I did it all several times. 
did it in order. I don't, I, I don't take notes right away just because I feel like before you have a firm grasp of what, where your trouble spots are and what they're really going to test you on, you're just going to be taking way too many fucking notes. So it's better to kind of go through the ringer a few times. And then once you start taking the topic tests and the mock exams, then you find out what are the, what shit are they testing you on that you're having difficulty with and then take notes on that stuff. Um, like what are the formulas they're actually testing you on, asking questions about that you're having difficulty with and memorize those. Don't seek out to memorize every single formula and bit of information they give you. Um, that's, that's a big mistake. I mean, your goal isn't to get an A on the exam. Your goal is to just fucking pass it. And I think you drive yourself nuts trying to get like 90% of the, inf- of the information down if you're of normal intelligence like I am. Um, well, relatively speaking, obviously, anyone taking this is probably a little bit above, you know, the curve. But in any case, average uh, intelligence for a CFA candidate, I should say. So if you're that, then, yeah, just, uh, you know, I'd go through the material a few times, do all the questions. And, um, yeah, and then as you start to test yourself on the mock exams and the, the topic tests, then kind of show up with your notes and things. That's what I recommend. And I have other podcasts where I go in more in depth. I think the first episode would be really helpful for any of you. And all right. Thank you for the question. Sports and investing. Uh, last one is from RJ Hors. He says, from a charter holder, LOL this thread. Well, I think that just about uh, surmises this whole experience. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck this Saturday. Hope you knock them dead. Uh, once again, you can tech, check out more tips at hansonasset.blogspot.com. You can uh, find a couple more of my podcasts on iTunes at How Not to Suck at the Stocks. There's a couple more ones that focus on the CFA, particularly the first one should be of help to you level one candidates. And all right, good luck out there. Adios.